This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. This is Healing Sunday. And, uh, you know, I, I, I try to make it a tradition where I minister on healing uh, the first Sunday of every month because I believe that we're all, you know, either you're dealing with something or you possibly might be dealing with something in the future. Amen? And, uh, and so we have to, you know, we have to brush up and uh, keep hearing about healing because I want a healthy church. Amen? And uh, I, I don't want to be making a lot of hospital visitations. Amen? And, um, and I think we do have a healthy church. But, uh, you know, healing uh, is all through the Bible. And uh, even through the Old Testament, all through the New Testament, and, uh, and the Bible talks about that the children of Israel, that God had uh, a covenant of healing, even in the Old Testament. The title of the sermon is Covenant of Healing. And God had a covenant set up uh, where people could be healed in the Old Testament, and it was just based on them following uh, the law. Amen? And in other words, uh, in the law, there's a lot of don'ts. Do not commit murder. Do not lie. Do not cheat. Uh, do not covet. Uh, honor God. Have no idols. Uh, the Ten Commandments. Amen? And, you know, that's not a bad thing. Some people say, well, that's, that's the Old Testament. We don't have to go with that. Yes, we still have to go with that. <laughs> uh, but I like the do's. And, and you see, the New Covenant is the do's. The Old Covenant is the don'ts. So in the Old Covenant, if you don't do this, you get the blessing. In the New Covenant, if you do do this, you get the blessing. Does that make sense? And so in the New Covenant is the do's. In the Old Covenant, it's the don'ts. And I like the do's. So, so Jesus, when he came, he came to bring a covenant of love. Amen. He came to bring grace. And so you could say it this way. When Jesus came into this earth... Um, when he was born, now I know this is not a Christmas message, but the angel said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Amen. So when Jesus came, it, it took us out of being under a legalistic system of the law of the I don'ts to I do's. Can somebody say I do? I do. And, and that's a covenant. You, you hear that in, in marriage. I do. Right. And, you know, you, you have these, you know, you, you, you have marriage vows. And I remember my mom had had a tw- uh, I think it was her 25th wedding anniversary and she redid her vows. Right. And uh, it was like a, a wedding all over again. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, and and so it's good to understand that that our, our covenant with God is a covenant of love. And so we have to understand that. And so what Jesus did, he boiled down. Uh, And I'm talking about healing today because if we're suffering today, some of the reasons why we could be suffering is that we're not walking in the love that we need to. In other words, what happens is we can be harboring ill will or bitterness or uh, harboring things that aren't good. And when we are doing that, we're not walking in love and forgiveness. um, Then the devil has legal right did I say it this morning? He has legal right to attack us. Yeah. Amen. And I, I like to say this sometimes when I'm under like a physical attack. Now, not always, 
It's not always that we walk out of love when we get under attack. Sometimes the devil will just attack us to see where we're at in our faith. You see what we're going to, how are we going to stand? In other words, the devil will challenge the word of God in our lives. Is that true? So he will challenge, do you really believe God? Do you really believe his word? And so he will come against us through different circumstances to challenge our faith. Has anybody's faith ever been challenged in the house? Have you ever thought, oh, I'm standing on God's word, but, and I'm believing him for some things, but, but, but it's not working or it's not happening or, or things seem to be getting worse? Have you ever been there? Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Amen. Amen. Just because it's getting worse doesn't mean you're not in the will of God. Amen. You might be in the perfect will of God, even if it's in a bad... Why? Because the devil is working really hard to keep us from walking in the abundant life. The Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? John 10.10, 10, one person said it's the dividing line of the Bible. And so when you think about John 10, 10, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And it's the second part of it. The first part is Jesus is speaking and he says, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill and destroy. Now, now listen, Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Think about that. So don't get mad at God. Oh, I'm, I'm preaching today because you're going through some deficit and now you're God. Why are you doing this to me? No, God's not doing it to you. Why are you putting me through this? God, God's not putting you through it. Remember when Peter was was with Jesus and Peter said to Jesus, uh, remember when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And, and, and some of his disciples said, well, some say you're this person and some say that you're this. And some. And then finally, Peter spoke up and said, you are the son of God. Right. And then and Jesus commended him for saying that and say, blessed are you, Simon Bojona, that, that, that flesh and blood didn't re- reveal this. But my father in heaven and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Again. See, the gates of hell can't prevail against you if you're standing on the word of God. It's only when you're not standing on the word of God. You're looking at the circumstances. You're focusing on what's not happening. No, start focusing on what is happening. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So John 10.10 says it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it what? More abundantly. I love that. And so, so Jesus came in and, and into the scene and Jesus, one of his first sermons, we know it's in, in Luke chapter four. He said, I came to heal the brokenhearted and I came to set at liberty those that are bruised. And I, I came to, you know, to, to, to bring freedom to those that are in bondage. Amen. So Jesus came to set things right. Amen. And so, see, listen, what Jesus came to do was to bring us back, and I preached this before, bring us back into the garden. Because before sin came into the garden, uh, Adam and Eve was in perfect relationship with the Father. 
They were in perfect relationship with one another. Amen. And they had everything they need more than enough. So what does God want? He wants us to have perfect relationship with himself. He wants us to have perfect, in other words, mature relationships with believers. Amen. Walking in love. Amen. And, and, he, and, he, and he wants us to be fulfilled in every area of our life. I was talking to Robert this morning. And, and Robert says, I'm ready for the overflowing life. And you know, in Psalms 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, we should not lack for any good thing in God. And then it says through that passage of Psalms 23, uh, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In other words, a table, a blessing before my enemies. My cup barely is enough. Overflow. It's not barely enough. My cup overflows. Really? So is that what God wants? He wants our cup to overflow? You mean he wants us to have this abundant life? You mean he wants us to be really blessed? Amen. Yes, God wants us to be super blessed. He, I'm telling you, when you get walking super blessing of God, I'm talking, and I'm not just talking about money, but that's part of it. You know, somebody say, well, money won't make you happy. Yeah, but it helps in the bad day. It does, you know. If you have, I mean, it does kind of help <laughs> to have some cash. Yeah, I mean, you've got cash. You can, if you're feeling bad, you can go to a nice restaurant. Go, you know, you can, you can you know, go, go, go to the, you know, health spa or something. I mean, it does help in our misery. I mean, there's not really a lot of sad celebrities. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, they might be sad, but they got money to help override their sadness, right? So money isn't a bad thing. It's what we do with money that can make it bad or good. Amen. So money isn't bad. But, but the overflow in life is more than just money because money is good. It's a resource. But, but, but just because you have resources, because you have a house and a nice car, all these things get old. I mean, they just get old and they and they break down and they rust and and, you know, you know, it's just it just it will get old after a while. But our relationship with God should always it should not be getting old. In other words, our relationship with God should always be renewed every day. And we need we need to get into God's presence every day and renew our relationship with him. So so abundant life. It's more than just money, per se. It's having an overflow of God's grace in our life. And really, that's where it comes to, because, because what, what disease is, it's dis-ease. So if we're dealing with disease, we're dealing with dis-ease. Does that make sense? Just break it down. So what did Jesus said uh, in uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight? 28? He said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you turmoil. Since I've been walking with God, all I've had was turmoil. No, no, what? No, 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 listen, you might be dealing with some issues walking with God because the devil's trying to do every, he's launching every attack against us to keep us from walking in the abundant life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So it says in, in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it, it, it says, Come to me all who are weary and heavy, heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest, right? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I am meek and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. And so, 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 so if you're doing this Christian walk right, it, it, you shouldn't have this burden on you saying, oh man, I, I have a Job's ministry and life is really hard. I'm, I'm, I'm just carrying my cross for Jesus. And you know, this sickness I'm dealing with is a, is a cross burden that I got to carry for Jesus. And no, no, no. Jesus carried the heavy cross. Amen. And then he needed a little help to carry that cross. Remember on Calvary, he needed some help. Why? Because his body was given out on him, right? And so really, our help to carry the cross is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will help us to carry the cross in our life. And our cross is a padded cross. <laughs> Are you listening to it's, And it has wheels on it. Because the grace of God will give us a pad on it and some wheels, and it's an easy... In other words, my yoke is easy, and my burdens are light, as long as we're walking with God, hallelujah, I'm telling you, we're going to experience the joy of God in our life, the peace of God in our life, the love of God in our life, as long as we're walking with God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so his, his yoke is easy. So, so, so if, we're, if we're dealing with an issue with our body, uh, we need to realize this, that, that our body could, you know, your body's not immortal. It, 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 it's mortal. It will be immortal pretty soon. We'll, we'll have new bodies. Hallelujah. But it's mortal. And, and sometimes preachers die early. You say, what, pastor? Yeah, because sometimes preachers work way too hard and they work their bodies way too hard and they can die early because they're not giving, they're not giving their bodies a rest. And they think that they, because they have the anointing, yes, the anointing's great and it's great, when I, it's great when I'm up here and the anointing's on me and all that and when I'm ministering the anointing, I love the anointing, but my body's mortal. I remember Brother Hagin he used to minister to a lot of people and he would have lines of people. He'd be praying, laying hands on them. And, uh, and, you can, and then he would start getting all these invitations to all these churches and he could preach every night of the week. I mean, he had so many invitations. But the Lord told him, he said, the Lord, and he, got, he was ministering one time, one meeting, and he started feeling tired, really faint. And, and the Holy Spirit said, you're pushing yourself way too hard. You need to learn to, you know, you, you can't be pushing your body because if you're going to see, see this race that we're in, it, it's, it's not a sprint. It's not just a 50 yard dash. It, it's a marathon. And if you're going to, if you're going to walk, if you're going to run this race, you got to learn to pace yourself. Take a Sabbath day of rest. Amen. I do on Sundays, Pastor. I don't show up at church. No, no, no. No, that, no that's my only day. No, no, you, you, you want to show up at church. Amen. Amen. I mean, my God, you, you got to get some word in you. Amen. I take my Sabbath day on Sundays. 
the beach. Yeah, don't ever take a vacation from God. Amen. Amen. In other words, we need God. We need to be in his presence every day. In his presence, there's fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. And just sitting here, you know, just being in the congregation, just being in here, the anointing of God is healing your bodies. The word of God is spirit and life. John 6, 63 says, my words are spirit and they are life. Well, not my words particularly, but God's word. God's word is spirit and it's life. That's That's what Jesus said. My words are spirit and life. And so, so his word, in other words, his spirit life words can give life to each one of us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To you? See, see, listen, you know, because of sin in the world, because of Adam's sin, we're going to be dealing with, you know, uh, uh, disease at times, sickness at times because of original sin. Because because sin is in this world. You, you can't escape it. Uh, you know, the, the idea that we, we're not going to be touched by, by sickness. No, it can knock on our door. Because of Adam's sin. Because of original sin. But we can stand against those things. The Bible talks about this, that, that if you submit to God, resist the devil, he has to flee. And so the devil is synonymous to sickness. I'm going to say it again. The devil is synonymous to any negative thing in your life. So, so, it, so when, when Jesus said that, that it's the devil that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, well, you could say sickness comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Is that right? You could say sickness comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so I like what it says in Acts 10, 38, how Jesus of Nazareth, was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about, you know, healing all, how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by who? The devil. That's how it's quoted. Peter's saying this to, uh, to the people in Cornelius' house when, he was, when, when, when that whole household got saved, amen? He was talking about Jesus. He was talking about what Jesus did when he was here. And Jesus went about doing good and healing all. In other words, Jesus came to undo the works of the devil in mankind's life. And to get this idea that sickness is the work of God it, it, it is, a, is a bad idea. Sickness is not from God. God is not putting it on you. No, it's the devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. No, no, Jesus, when he came, you know, the the signature uh, of his ministry, of Jesus' ministry, he went about healing all. He went about delivering people. Jesus was the healing minister. He was the delivering minister. When people came to him, he would set the lap- leopards free. He would open the blind eyes. Are you here? He, he, would, he would cause the lame to walk. He was the, he is, not was, he is the, the healing savior. For some to say, well, God's not in the healing business anymore. Well, then God would have to change his name. 
Because God has seven names. I might teach on this sometime. But one of God's names in the old in the covenant is Jehovah Rapha. And, and, and so if, if you see, then you would have to remove that part, uh, part, because his name is part of his character. So you know, God had seven names. One of them is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth me. So if, if, God, if, if God is the God of I was, of yesterday, amen, then you would have to remove that off his name. <laughs> no, 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 no. God is still the God of I am. In other words, God is the God of what you need him to be today. God is the God of I am. That's how when Moses said, God, who shall I say to the people who are telling me to set the, the, the you know, captives free, to set, set the Israelis free from the Egyptian bondage? And, and God said, tell them I am that I am. When Jesus was there in the Garden of Gethsemane, remember he was there praying? And then, you know, the soldiers came and they, and they said, they're looking for, and, and, and Jesus said, who are you looking for? And, G, and, and, and uh, they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. They didn't recognize Jesus right there at that moment, the guards. And Jesus said, and really what he said, he said, I am. And as soon as he said, I am, they felt the power of God hit these soldiers and they dropped to the ground. And Jesus had enough power to call a legion of angels to wipe everybody out in that garden. And he could have said, God, I'm back. I'm, Father, bring me back up. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? But he didn't. Why? Because we have a covenant of love. We have a covenant of love. Do you know what Jesus went through so you could have healing, so that you could have deliverance, so that you could have the overflowing life? Do you realize what Jesus went through, what he paid for? Have you studied it out? Let's look at this for, for a second because we need to look at this. And you know, Jesus is all through the Bible. I'm going to say this. Jesus is in, in the, uh, in, all through the Bible. Remember Cain and Abel? Remember uh, Abel is, a, is, a, is a, a foreshadowing of Jesus. Right. Cain is, you know, uh, Cain, what Cain killed Abel, right? His brother. And we know that Jesus was killed by his so-called brothers, the Pharisees that were supposed to be serving God. And we know that that Cain was jealous of Abel. And we know the Pharisees were jealous of Jesus. And that's the reason why the Pharisees wanted to get rid of Jesus because he was because all the people were going to them and their churches weren't filled. <laughs> yeah, where's where's everybody at? Oh, they're listening to Jesus. What? What? How come all the seats aren't filled? No, they're over there listening to Jesus and Jesus is setting them free, delivering them, getting them healed. What do we got? We got the law. <laughs> that's all the Pharisees. We got the law. We got all the I don'ts. But Jesus has all the I do's, right? Jesus, right? And so, and oh, yeah, we got to do something because our church is going to not be around. Yeah, Jesus is going to take all our people. So what do they do? They, they, they devise the scheme to kill Jesus. So Abel is, is likened to Jesus and Cain is likened to the Pharisees. So Jesus is all through the Bible. That's just one example of it. So look at Psalms 22. And so, and so because the Bible is a prophetic book, so, it, so the, what that means is that the Bible reveals uh, future events uh, from uh, the past to the future. 
And so we see here in Psalms 22, it says here, I'm just going to read this. It says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Remember, Jesus said that on the cross. When he was on the cross, he said, my God, my God. It's right here in scripture. Hallelujah. Do you believe that Jesus read this before? Yeah, he knew the word of God. He knew what he was going to endure. He knew what he was going to go through. Because he, because, see, where you, you know how you find who you are? You want to know who, you want to figure out how, who you are? You, you can't, don't go out to Vegas to find out who you are, right? You, you, you find out who you are in the Bible. In other, in other words, God, God's word will tell you who you are, right? And so Jesus here, and I'm sure Jesus is reading and the Holy Spirit is saying to Jesus, this is who you are. And he says, my God, my God, you have for, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and I, I, am, not, uh, I am silent, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our Father trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and you were, and, and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. But, but, but it says here, now we know the psalmist is writing this out by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I am, I am a worm and no man, a reproach of man and despised by the people. You see, see, he was being persecuted on the cross and this is how he felt as if he was like a worm. Amen. And sometimes when we're under the pressure and sometimes when things are coming against us, we feel that same way. And it says here, all those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out their lips. They shake their head saying he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. This is what they were saying to Jesus on the cross. They were saying to Jesus and it's, it's written in the New Testament. If you be the son of God, come off that cross. It's right here in Psalms 22. It tells us right here. How do you know the Bible's true? Man, this was written thousands of years before it happened. It's in the scriptures. And the scriptures cannot be broken. And so right here, Jesus is reading this. And you could say, well, he, uh, and, and he's fulfilling the, 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 the prophecy. Amen. And it says here, um, he trusts in the Lord, let him rescue him, let him deliver him since he delights in him. And he says, but you are his, remember the thief on the cross said, if you are, if you are the son of God, get off that cross and take us with you. Remember that, that there was two thieves, one on each side. This is basically what he's saying. I, I, will, I was cast upon you from birth, from my mother's womb. You have been my God. Be not far from me for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan uh, uh, have encircled me. They gap at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a part shed. And my tongue clings to my jaw. You have brought me to the dust of death. Think about this. This is what Jesus went through so that we could have abundant life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Listen to what Je- Jesus went through this. Because, you know, that, that's what he went through on the cross. Why? So that we could have the blessing. Now, let, let's look at Isaiah. And I'm telling you, I love Isaiah. So if we're going to walk in this covenant of love, we've got to understand the covenant that we have. 
And the covenant that we have, we are redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13. And that curse is threefold. And you guys know the curse is we're redeemed from spiritual death. We have spiritual life. And we're redeemed from sickness because Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. And we're going to look at that in the scriptures. Amen. Isaiah 53. And you should know this. If you're going to stand on the if you're going to stand on healing and when you're getting attacked in your body, you better have some scriptures that you're quoting out of your mouth. I'm going to say that again. If you're getting attacked, you're getting pain in your body. I'm going to encourage you to start quoting some scriptures. I'm going to encourage you to start speaking some word. I'm going to encourage you. Why? Because, because that's how you activate the, the power of God in your life is by quoting the word of God and quoting it. And sometimes you may have to quote it a hundred times. Why? Until it goes from your head. It has to, be, it has to go. The word of God is, is logos. That's the general word of God. But rhema is the, is the, is the word spoken from God. So, so you've got to go from a logos, the general word of God, to rhema. How does that work? As you meditate on the word of God, it, it sinks down from your head to your heart. And when the word of God gets in your heart, you got it. Toyota. Anybody remember that old Toyota commercial? I've got it. Remember that? Amen. Yeah, Toyota. I got it, right? Did anybody remember that or am I dating myself? That was an old Toyota commercial. I've got it. Right? And when it goes, when the word of God goes from your head down to your heart, you got it. But a lot of times the word of God is just in our head. You're like, why am I not healed? It's still in your head. What? It's still in your head. It hadn't gone down into your heart. In other words, you've got to plant the seed... And, and you've got to keep planting and then you water it with praise and thanksgiving. And you plant the seed by speaking the word and then you water that word with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, that you healed me. Thank you, Lord, that you delivered me. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. <coughs> That's a fake cough. Just in case you guys think I'm getting sick up here. You know, I'm just saying, when that cough starts coming, thank you, <coughs> thank you, Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or, or are you going to say, oh, I must be catching something. I wonder if it's COVID. I got a little twinge in my throat. I went to church that day. I bet you somebody had it in church I sat by. The devil will work on us. I, I was that. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? But you just say, no, I'm not going to accept that package. I don't receive that. No, no, no. I'm not going to receive what the enemy's trying to put on my life. No, I'm going to receive what God has given me, and that's abundant life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So in Isaiah 53, it, it starts off by saying this, who has believed our report with a question mark? And I'm going to say this, do you believe God's word? Do you believe who, you know, there's a song. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Remember that song? I believe that I am healed. I are you here? Are you, uh, who sang that song? Anybody remember that? Uh, who was this that was famous for that song? Come on, guys. Come on, help me out here. 
Ron Cannoli. Amen. Get this guy a prize. Ron Cannoli. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Whose report will you believe? I believe the report of the... Now, I'm probably butchering it up a little bit, but... Amen. And some of you might need to start singing that song. I believe the report of the Lord. And see, and, and you, may, you may feel bad, yeah, but you still can rejoice in feeling bad. Just because you feel bad, that should not control your uh, attitude. In other words, you can praise through the pain. I'm going to say it again. You can praise through the pain. My mom was dealing with this, this condition. And uh, she got healed miraculously in church, and uh, healing uh, evangelist. It was in a Methodist church. I mean, I mean, uh, that's amazing. And and it was an evangelist came and said, "God wants you healed." And so she came up and got and she got and every symptom left her body. But like two or three days later, those symptoms came back, and they came back on her body. And and she never heard a teaching. That sickness comes from the devil. She never heard that before. That was never taught in the Methodist church that we attended for many, many years. And, uh, and so what happened was that when she got this pain, the thought came to her, that's of the devil. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. That's of the devil. And so, so my mom said, oh, okay. And so she went on the piano, she, she, uh, on the organ, and she, she plays a little bit on the organ, and she started playing worship songs. And when she did that, the, all the pain left her body. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Why? Because we have to, see, worship, you know what worship means? You know what it really means? It, 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 worship means that, that, that you're, that you're t- saying to God that he's worthy, that he's worth more than anything else in your life. That he's worthy of all praise. He's worthy of all honor. He's worthy of all glory. And when you start exalting, now get this, get this today. When you start exalting the word of God above the circumstances, you're saying God's word is worthy and it trumps over the natural circumstances. Right? So when you, when you exalt the word of God... In your life, instead of exalting the sickness or instead of exalting the problem or ex- are you listening or, or exalting what you're going through? No, start exalting the word of God and let that be king in your life. Then you will see the manifestation of the promise. But unfortunately, we live in a body and we and we're and we're limited at times and we just want to speak our feelings. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, I'm never going to get ahead. I'm always going to be behind. Uh, I'm always going to be dealing with this sickness. No, no, don't be talking like that. No, no, no. God can change things in your life in a New York second. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Too? He can change the whole situation. I'm telling you, suddenly. The Bible says suddenly and God moved. The devil moves too on suddenlies. I've said this before. Suddenly you got a pain. Suddenly it's removed off your body. Why? When you stand on the word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So who has believed our report? And whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he has shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And we, we see him that there's no beauty that we should desire him. 
So this is saying here that Jesus wasn't this movie star guy. You know, some say this. I've heard people say this. The uglier the minister, the more anointed he is. (laughs) If he's an ugly minister, he's anointed. (laughs) Have you ever heard that? The uglier he is, the more anointed. I don't know about that, but but because they're saying Jesus was not attractive on the outside, you know. Um, yeah, in, in other words, he he wasn't this movie star looking guy, you know. He 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 was basically an average looking guy. Amen. And so he was average looking. And so and so, thank God, thank God, I can still be good looking and be anointed too. Okay. He's good looking. He's, he has not, not that much anointing on his life. Amen. Amen. No, God will make you good looking. God's grace will make you good looking. God's grace will, will make you radiant. Remember Charlotte's Web? Remember he, uh, uh, the, the spider wrote radiant? <laughs> Amen. And, uh, anybody ever watch <laughs> and God wants to make you radiant. You say, man, where, where does he come up with this stuff, man? God, God wants to make you radiant. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I got up to I was working on my sermon, and I, I, I had five different sermons I was studying last time. I couldn't get anything together. I said, well, God, I guess it's a Holy Spirit morning this morning. And, and so my, my wife said, I guess you're going to wing it. I said, yeah, I guess I'm going to wing it today. It's me and the Holy Spirit, my God. You know, and she said, I can't do that. You know, I got to have it all in there. But praise God, you know, the Pentecostals say if you just can't, you can't, if you can't get get up and preach just on a on a drop of men, you're backslidden. That's what the that's what the old time Pentecost. Like if I can't get you up here to testify, you're like I ain't gonna testify. You're a backslider. If I can't get you telling me that God is doing good things, these fake it a little bit for me. All right, these act like you're excited about something. Glory to God. I mean, if you can't come up here and get a testimony, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And they say, man, if you can't preach on a drop of a hat, you're backslidden. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? No, I'm not back. I'm fired up for God. I am a little backslidden. No, I'm kidding. But I'm fired up for God. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Get in his presence and you'll produce his power and you will see his provision. I'm becoming like a man. Presence, power, provision, these peas. Man, that's like a Baptist preacher. We'll continue. You know, the Baptist preacher, they know how to put it together. Amen? Hallelujah. So it says here, He has no form or comeliness that we should see Him. There is no beauty that we should desire Him. See, that's kind of like the Word of God. Sometimes the Word of God is not real attractive to us. In other words, we'd rather be watching, you know, reruns of Gunsmoke than reading the Bible. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? I know that's an old, you know, uh, but, but we'd rather be doing, you know, getting some entertainment than reading the Bible. And sometimes the Bible is not real attractive to us. Like, oh, man, the Bible. Amen. But it, should, it needs to be the most attractive book in your life. It's the life that, it's the book that gives you life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So he says here, uh, he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Now, there was times in our life 
where I say I call it BC before Christ. Anybody remember those days before Christ? Before you really had God in your life? Now God could have been in your life a little bit, but you're you're backslidden. And I remember that I'd be watching TV or I'd be changing the channel and I don't have God in my life. I see a preacher, I go faster, I change it quicker. <laughs> Anybody ever used to be like that? You see a preacher on TV, oh man, all they want is your money. And you just, all those con artists, right? Isn't that what the devil tells everybody? All those preachers, all they are con artists taking money from little, little widows' uh, uh, pensions. You know, all they all is about money, you know. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I, a lot of preachers giving up their entire life for the gospel. Right. Amen. And a lot of preachers aren't, you know, most preachers aren't mega pastors. And most of them, and a lot of them have part-time jobs. And they're giving their life to the Lord. So not all preachers are crooks, liars, and cheaters. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then somebody will mess up, some preacher will mess up, you know, and be all broadcast all over the place. Uh, and, and it all does embolden the, the sinners. Like, I knew these preachers all a bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> right? And amen. But you know what? The people that aren't following God, they're the biggest hypocrites. They're living a bunch of lies. And I'm telling you, you know, there are true people that are following God in the kingdom of God. This is a true church. And we got God-honoring, God-loving people that have the fear of of God in their life. I I have a reverential fear of God. You know, know, sin can send you to hell. And somebody say, I don't believe it will. It'll make you feel like you're in hell before you get to heaven a lot of times. Have you, are you hear, hearing what I'm saying today? It'll make you feel like you're in hell on your way to heaven. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I don't want to feel like I'm in hell. I don't, listen, the very thing that we got to be very careful with is, is in our relationship with God. It's, it's not... You know, it's not that I want to be with God. I want God to be with me. And so I, I want to be like Moses. And when Moses was, you know, with, with God and, and, and God was speaking to Moses on the mountain. And God said, listen, um, uh, you guys are going to inherit the land. And um, uh, I, I'm going to take a, a, a little, I'm, I'm paraphrasing this. But the Lord said, God said, I'm going to just um, send an angel with you. To take, so you can take the promised land. And Moses said, wait a second, an angel? Uh, uh, if you don't go with me, I ain't going anywhere. Moses said, if your presence don't go with me, I, an angel, yeah, thank you for an angel. Angels are great, but, uh, uh, but I, I want you, right? See, God, see, 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 Moses understood something. Angels are great. There are people on this, there are people that I've even talked to when I witnessed, there are some people that worship angels, they're all into angels. You better be worshiping Jesus. Amen. Angels have power and they can bless and they can do some things. Glory to God. But really, we need to be worshiping Jesus. Yes. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And we need to worship him in spirit and in truth. Glory to God. So let's look at this. And, and it says here, he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. 
He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. And, th- and, yeah, and you can, if you translate it, because in the Hebrew, see, this is a translation from Hebrew uh, to English, and the Hebrew uh, words have more meaning than just one meaning. So, so in here, uh, if you really study it out, he, uh, he bore n- not only a grease or grease or sicknesses, and he carried our pain. So if you amplify it out, he, our griefs, our pain, our sicknesses, our weaknesses. So he bore our sicknesses and he carried our pain. In other words, when Jesus was on the cross and the Bible actually, I don't know how this happened, but the Bible says he became sin on the cross. Not that he sinned, but he became a sin, an offering for sin. And every diabolical sickness was placed on his body all at once. Amen. And I'm telling you, he bore every sickness so that we can bore healing in our bodies. We know this, that it says here, by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. So when he went to the, uh, to the cross, he didn't just go to the cross. He went to the whipping post before he went to the cross. And when he went to the whipping post and they gave 39 uh, strikes on his body, some say there's 39 original diseases. And when he what, got you know, whipped 39 times, that was for every disease that would hit mankind. So nothing that Jesus went through and suffered was, was in vain. Everything was for us, for the blessing of God to be on our lives. And for us to exalt sickness in our life or us to exalt our problem in our life, then then we're not exalting Jesus in our life. And we need to start exalting Jesus over the problem, over the sickness. We need to exalt, exalt Jesus. In other words, make Jesus bigger. We need to make the word of God bigger in our life. So, So surely Jesus bore our sicknesses And carried our pain. So the covenant of healing was based on the crucifixion of Jesus. His death, burial, and resurrection. And so so the crucifixion of Jesus uh, consummated our healing. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So for us to say, well, you know, I have a Job's ministry and I'm called to be sick. Nobody's called to be sick. We're called to be healed. We're called to be blessed. We're, are you, we're called to, have, to walk in an overflowing life. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Well, how do I get in that overflowing life? You keep talking about, Pastor, but I'm, I have deficits in my life. Get into the Word. Get, in, get into prayer. Get into praise. In other words, like I say, I, I have a church. I basically have a church service every day of the week. I have my own personal church service. And you say, well, pastor, you have time. You got time. To have. That's, that's your job. You know? <laughs> You're supposed to be having church service every day. Yeah, no, but it took me years to get here. You know, as a pastor, you know, because I have anointing and I can minister, right? Uh, you know, it, it can, you, you can, like, your relationship with God and your working relationship and, and your regular relationship is different. God can anoint you to do a job, but you still have to develop a relationship with God. So I can come up here and still be anointed to preach. And you guys say, oh, glory to God. But I could be dead inside when I walk away because I have no relationship with the Father. And I, yes, I have an anointing on my life. And you say, man, he must have a great relationship with God. Not necessarily. 
Not if I'm not in his presence every day. Not if I'm not worshiping him every day. Not if I'm not reading the word every day. Not if I'm not having a heart to develop my relationship with him every day. I, I could, I, 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 I mean, there was years I was dead inside, but I look great up here. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? It went through all kinds of turmoil in my life. You guys never knew about it. Amen. But now I'm in a place in my life where, oh, man, it just keeps getting better and better. Why? Because I, because I got to get back to that place. There, there's a Lionel Harris, I believe that's his name. He was a singer and he, and, he, and he sang this song, I Miss My Time With You. And I wish I could sing it. I wish I was a singer. Those moments together, you know, and, 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 and it's Lionel, uh, uh, Larnera Harris, I think his name. You need to YouTube it. And, and, and he said, I miss my time with you, you know, getting back into your word, getting back into your presence. You remember when you used to be excited to go to church? Now I'm going to have I'm going to have an altar call now because <laughs> you're not excited. You're just here because you have to be. You know, I better get here before the lightning strikes. Right. And no, no listen, we're, you should be excited to get to church. And I'm telling you, it, it, it may take a little bit to get into God's presence. And it may be dull. And it may be a struggle in the beginning. But pretty soon you get to a point where you can't do without God's presence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I like peace in my life. I, I like joy in my life. I like love in my life. I, I'm actually, I'm, I, even my, my wife is beginning to like me a little bit more. She said, you used to be real hard to deal with. And I'm beginning to like you now. I love you, but I'm beginning to like you now. You know, I used to be hard. I used to be a hard person. Amen. To get along with. Amen. Sometimes I still hard every once in a while. She's shaking her. Yes. And uh, yeah. Amen. Sometimes I'm kind of hard to get along with every once in a while. Yeah. You say, man. Yeah. If I. Man, if I could hang out with the past. But sometimes I'm not the easiest guy in the world. Amen. That's the reason why I need God. I got to have God in my life. Like Joyce Meyer, I'm closing this down. Joyce Meyer said, if I didn't spend at least 30 minutes or an hour with God every day, the devil would kill me. Because she has so much responsibility. And she has that. And so, and so the reason why preachers fall is because they're not developing their relationship with God. They're not staying, have, walking in a reverential fear of God. Uh, they're taking the grace for granted. And, and, th- and a lot of times people fall because they get it too easy. In other words, they get, they get this blessing too fast. If you haven't got the full blessing yet, that might be good. Because when you get the full blessing, then, then, you, then you will have some honor in your life. You, you remember where you came from. That, that, you, that you struggled in your life. And then God, and you work through the struggles. But then finally God gets you something. And then you finally have some gratitude. Yes, Lord, because some of us are lacking gratitude. We got a high and mighty attitude. <laughs> like we got it all. Like if the passion doesn't happen for me today, I'm out. If it goes more than 30 minutes, I'm out. High and mighty. We might need to have some meekness in our life. Man, I got a ticket the other day. Man, I'm telling off on myself. You know, because I'm impatient. And sometimes, you know, I don't do all the right things on the road. That's why I don't have the sticker on my car. And, and sometimes I'm running late. 
And, uh, and I went through a, to the red light and it was on purpose. It wasn't, you know, and I got pulled over by the police and I got a ticket. And I'm telling you, I, I, I was like, oh my gosh, but I had grace and I had favor. He still gave me the ticket, <laughs> but he probably could have gave me something worse. And, uh, and because, and, and I, you know, I, I was, I just, you know, because I, I, I did it so many times that I thought, man, I got the grace. It's covering me. And after about the 15th time, you know, of, of doing California stops and all this, uh, finally the, the police officer pulled me over. And I was very respectful and I thanked him. And you know what? I think he saved my life. Because, you know, we can, we can take for granted God's grace. Like there's a bumper sticker. Just because I'm going over the speed limit doesn't mean, doesn't mean my angels aren't still with me. That's true. <laughs> but if you, if you, if you push the, the envelope in your life in the areas of not, of, of not doing the right things, the grace will wane and you might end up, uh, you know, uh, getting punished for it. Amen? And I got a ticket and that was an expensive ticket. Thank God he said I didn't have to go to court. Thank God I could just call up and put it on my credit card. Thank God for credit cards. And, uh, and, uh, and just pay for it without going. He, 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 I had grace and favor. But you know what? I learned something from that. Of course, the other day I didn't learn because I went through it. And my wife said, you didn't learn. I said, I did learn. We're running late. We're running late, baby. We got to get going. See, you, see, you, see up here, you're going to hear some of my flaws. Because I'm not a perfect man. I, I'm, still, I'm still working my faith out with fear and trembling. When that police officer pulled me over, I was nervous. Fear and trembling. I was praying God for grace. Thank God I did have it. Amen. And thank God that he could have probably gave me a worse ticket. Because, because I, I really didn't really do something really right. And it, should have been, it could have been reckless driving possibly. You, could you see it now? Pastor David in jail for reckless driving. My, my picture up there. Could you imagine? And then Thomas said, I knew that was going to happen because he drives with me. Right? And uh, Thomas knows. Amen? He's, and Thomas said, I'm not going to ever say anything, Pastor. Whatever happens between you, me, and in the car, it's not going to get out in the congregation. And I said, well, I'm already confessing it. Hallelujah. So you guys know. Hey, hey, amen. amen. The Bible says this, confess your faults one to another so that you may be healed. Part of the reason why some of us aren't delivered from some of our vices, because we're not confessing it. Some of the reason why we're not humbling ourselves under the mind. The only reason I can come up here and be really honest and open and transparent, because it's only because my relationship with God. God's still with me. Hopefully you guys will still stick with me. Amen. But even if you don't stick with me, God's still with me. Right. And then some of you guys say, well, that pastor's not that high and mighty after all. <laughs> Sometimes these pastors will preach and you think they never do anything wrong. Right? No, no, you know, no, no. We mess up every once in a while. Remember Joyce Myers? I got to close this down. But remember Joyce Myers said in her day when she was struggling in finances, she said that she would get the coupon and to, to buy the, the turkeys on sale. And then and you can only do one per family, but she would have her family members come at different times. And while she was walking out, she would go, and they will walk in. <laughs> They'll get that turkey. And as the other one walk in out, the other one. Right. And begin the turkeys. And, you know, that's not really right. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And, and the Lord said, you know, you don't need to be doing all this stuff and the turkeys. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, if you're going to live for God, live as one minute says, got a shotgun straight. Live your life right. Always tell the truth. Because if you always tell the truth, you, can, you don't always have to remember the lie that you said to the person before and keep remembering the lies. In other words, if you always tell the truth, then you will, then you will never have a problem with people. Be honest. Tell the truth. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't commit adultery. Now I'm, now I'm putting in all the don'ts. So now what do you do? Do this. Instead of the don'ts, do this. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And on those two commandments, hang the entire law and the prophets. So if you're loving God, what does that mean to love God? Uh, That means that you're obeying Him. Number two, what does it mean to love people? That means that you're serving people, that you're helping people, that you're loving the body. You come into church not just to receive something, but to be a blessing to somebody. In other words, God can give you a word for somebody, and and after the service, you may say something that might change their life. You said, me? Yeah, God can anoint us. We're here together. We're in it to win it, glory to God. And God needs us all together working with Him so we can be a blessing to Him and to people around us. And when we're serving people, remember Jesus said this, and i got to close this down. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you is to loathe one another. No, not loathe. To love one another. A new commandment. I, and remember he said this. This is in John 13, 34. But before he said that, he washed the disciples' feet. And he washed their feet as a servant. Jesus, the King of Kings, washing feet. And then he gets up and says, a new commandment I give you. After he says, oh, a new commandment I give you. After I wash your stinking feet. Uh, uh. Uh, love one another. Love people as I will love you. In other words, how, how do we love people? We serve people. We help people. We encourage people. Amen. We, we witness to people. We talk about Jesus to people. Amen. That's how we love people, glory to God. And when we're loving God, obeying His Word, and when we're loving people, serving people, I'm telling you, you will see the overflowing blessing in your life. You will walk in health. You will walk in in prosperity. You're walking freedom from people hurting you and and doing things. You won't won't be focused on the negatives of life. You'll be more focused on the positives of life. Do you believe that today? So when we start walking in love, I'm telling you, and we let things go, glory to God, and we walk in that love, then the healing will come into our life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I remember this lady, and i got to close this down, but she, but she heard the message on walking in love to be healed, and she was listening to this minister that, that preaches on healing, and he was going to have a healing line that night, and he said, if you've got a problem with somebody, get it right, because, if you, it, because you may not get healed if you don't get it right. And, and the lady said she had a problem with her brother. He hadn't talked to her, her brother in years. They had a falling out. So she called her brother and said, listen, I was wrong at what I did. And he said, no, I was wrong. And she, she started getting mad at him. No, I was wrong, you know. No, no, I was wrong. Now let me take the blame. And finally they got it all taken care of. And, and after she was done, every symptom left her body. 
Is that amazing? Love is the cure for any illness. Love is the key. I'm telling you, the key to sickness is strife. It's unforgiveness. It's bitterness. That's the key for the enemy to attack our life in depression and oppression and all this. Pray for those people. Amen. The Bible says vengeance is the Lord's. The Lord will, will, will repay those. If they don't repent and get their life right, it, they're, they're, it's going to come back on them. Amen. We don't pray hellfire on them. Amen. But we pray that God will open their eyes to truth, bring them out of deception and deceit and bring them into the grace of God. Did you receive it today? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I honor you today and I love you with all my heart, soul and mind and strength and I love these people here that's in the audience today. I thank you for Exceed Life Church. I thank you for these precious people that came out today to receive a word. And Father, I'm asking, Father God, that you reveal to each person today at the sound of my voice, those that perhaps watching online, that you love them with an everlasting love, that you want them to have an overflowing life, that you want them to be healed from any disease that's attacking their bodies. And Father, I know it first comes the blessing comes from a relationship with you. And perhaps you're in the audience or perhaps you're watching online and you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. Well, today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. And today is a day that you can make the first day of the rest of your life. So, so if you're ready to move forward in God, make Jesus Lord of your life. Amen. Your entire life. Then just pray this prayer after me and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe, Jesus, you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I turn from sin and turn fully to you. Heavenly Father, thank you for healing me today. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.